the This Week in Music History podcast with Marty Miller from Nova.ie and Radio Nova. Hello there, how are you? Welcome to another week of music history, the week that was in music history. In the real world that we're living in, we've just had a storm here in Ireland. Storm Ellen battered us. Very unusual for August to have a massive windy storm like that. Tons of trees down and lots of power gone. In the week in music history, this was the week that The Who started their set at 5 o'clock in the morning in 1969. Where were they? And Aerosmith blew a fuse, but it wasn't in anger. Jimmy Page was involved. And the anniversary of a hugely important music doctor all this week. But we'll start back in 1969. And it was the final day of Woodstock at the Askers Farm in upstate New York. The Who played that. They performed much of their rock opera, Tommy. As they began their performance at roughly 5 a.m. on Sunday, concert goers were able to watch the sunrise while listening to their set. Later, The Who's bassist John Entwistle said that God was their lighting man. In 1991 this week, Nirvana shot the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit at a studio in Culver City in California. Here's the video's director on what the look was all about. They wanted to uh, reference a movie called Over the Edge uh, with Matt Dillon, 1970s kids going, rebelling and, and, and destroying a high school. And they also wanted to reference the Ramones Rock and Roll High School. So I took pieces of what they talked about and like the idea of the whole thing taking place in the high school gymnasium. This was the week in 1962 that Ringo made his Beatles drumming live show debut. This was the first time the Fab Four would officially be together. John, Paul, George and Ringo. Of course, Ringo says he was always a fan despite their drummer. I loved the front line. I just loved John, George and Paul. Just great. But I sat in a couple of times, you know, I'd be the proper musician, you know, at 12 o'clock, Brian Epstein would knock on the front door because you're still in bed because uh, you'd been up all night and say, well, could you come down to the cabin and play with the lads? I say, sure. This very week back in 1986, John Bon Jovi with Bon Jovi gave us album number three and this was a huge one. Slippery when wet. Of course, John had some serious studio history. John received a lot of support from his family, his uncle Tony Bon Jovi, who was one of the owners of the Power Station Studios in New York. John got like a summer job there as a gopher, go make the coffee, sweep the floors, as a kid. So he got to see a lot of top musicians working close up. This week back in 2005, it's now become a huge tourist attraction, but for the first time we all saw the life-size bronze statue of Phil Linus. It's sat there on Harry Street, just off Grafton Street in Ireland's capital. Here's Phil's mum. I'm delighted. I've kept my tears for tonight when I'm on my own. And uh, so, as they all say, the boy is back in town. This was the week in 2014 that Kate Bush said, right, yes, I'm going back on stage. I will do 22 dates. Please, please do not take any photos. Do not record me on your iPhone, your iPad or your camera. I want to have contact with you as the audience, not with your iPhones and your cameras, etc. It would mean a great deal to me, but I know it's a lot to ask considering I'm such a recluse. Fans were not disappointed. The greatest female singer-songwriter this country has ever produced. They are all in her shadow. It was this week back in 1965 that David Bowie sounded an awful lot different. In fact, his name was different too. He was David Jones and the band were the lower third. He released his single, You Got a Habit of Leaving. This was how it sounded. Sometimes I cry 
wasn't too long after that that Davy Jones, i.e. David Bowie, changed his name to stop being confused with Davy Jones the Monkeys. For a time, believe it or not, he became Tom Jones. And then he went, oh God, there is that. All right, I'll become David Bowie then. 1990. Aerosmith were playing the Marquee Club in London. Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page popped out on stage for a jam and blew a fuse. All right, we got a blown fuse, so you're going to have to bear with us for two minutes, all right? This week back in 1967, they always get a mention because I'm such a fan, The Doors started recording their second album at Sunset Sound Studios in Hollywood, California. You know, on Nova.ie, you can actually take a little tour of those studios. It's a beautiful summer's day here in sunny Los Angeles, and we are at Sunset Sound, uh, which of course is on Sunset Boulevard here in West So we're going to go in and check out this beautiful studio, which is built... 1962. And an anniversary to finish up with, Dr. Robert Moog, inventor of the synthesizer, died at age 71. Having some fun. Robert Moog was an electro nerd with musical ideas, the perfect combination. He knew that there were tools to create electronic sound, but no easy way to use them as instruments. So, in 1965, he presented his invention, the Moog. The first synthesizer that didn't fill a room or needed people in lab coats to operate it. I wonder what music would be like if it wasn't for Robert Moog. That is a look at This Week in Music History. There is more for you daily on Nova.ie and on the radio station as well. But for now, thanks for listening and thanks for subscribing to our little tiny podcast.